0: Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding powered by EHE Capital. Welcome to another episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together and today Guy, Gary and I are incredibly excited and honoured to be joined by Shannon Waller, now get this for an intro folks. Shannon joins an organisation called Strategic Coach that I believe you or all you regular listeners will be well aware of, almost 30 years ago now, making her the longest standing and most senior member of the Strategic Coach company. Shannon's official title is entrepreneurial strategist. She is many things under that banner, however, and I'm going to hand over to the guys in just a second because I believe Shannon will give herself a a far more eloquent intro than I'm able to. However, to give you an idea of some of the things that Shannon does, she's the creator of the Strategic Coach Team Programme. She's an award-winning leader and she's the author of multiple books as well as a podcast host. Shannon is one of the most brilliant educators I've ever had the pleasure of working with also. So uh, it's it's a real pleasure to introduce you, Shannon. Thank you very much for joining us. Gary and Guy, I'm going to hand over to you to uh, to lead the conversation. But Shannon today is going to be uh, kicking off with some conversation around who not how as an entrepreneurial attitude. So uh, take it away.
1: Okay, so uh, listen, welcome, Gary, Shannon, and, and Georgia. What a, what a fantastic intro. And Shannon, well, it's quite a, a list of kind of activities you're involved in and, and, and a history and your experience. And I know Gary and I are really excited you know, to be on this podcast with you. And just to set the scene a little bit, you know, Gary and I actually met at Strategic Coach on their 10 Times program. We met in, uh, I think, London to begin with, and then Toronto after that. It was actually in Toronto that Gary first talked to me about his concept behind what has now become uh, EHE, Entrepreneurs Help Entrepreneurs Capital, EHE Capital. Uh, Strategic Coach has been a big part of both Gary and and my life and has really helped us along the entrepreneurial journey. It's literally on a daily basis that I use some of the, the tools and the thinking that you learn on Coach. It it literally it rules my business life, uh, and it's made such an incredible difference. Gary, I know I know it's made a huge difference to you as well.
2: Yeah, I think we've said previously it's transformational. Really, I was a busy executive running around like an idiot before I I joined Strategic Coach, and I'd like to think I've I've moved on somewhat. Quakey, is it fifteen years ago? And I think Shannon's been an ever-present at nearly all our visits, and it's great to you know get some of your wisdom today, uh, Shannon, and I'm not going to say much because I think the listeners need to hear from you.
3: Mm, Well, thank you all. That is quite the introduction and it is my honor and my privilege. And Georgia, lovely, lovely, lovely to reconnect with you and with you, Guy and Gary. So yeah, Strategic Coach is a phenomenal, it's hard to know what to call it. Educational system feels a little bit too formal, but it really is this incredible transformational process and community of incredible growth-minded Dan described it the Dan Sullivan described the other day as you know, it's this incredible community of people who are ambitious, creative, and cooperative, which obviously describes the three of you and everyone else as a part of our community too. So it's just all of everything that I have created has come out of this incredible incubator of ideas and, and creativity. So thank you.
2: In fact, when we first came up with EHE Capital, we we ran it by you, Shannon, I recall and it's good that you gave it a thumbs up and uh, here we are probably 12 months later embarking on the journey really
3: well and i love i love being a sounding board i mean i i strategic is one of my strengths finder strengths one of the profiles we love to use in our pursuit of helping people figure out their unique ability and i love being that sounding board and you know having worked with entrepreneurs for 30 30 years now as of you know this next month uh when we're recording this it's you just you learn a lot of what to do and what not to do and through my own experience and through other people. So it was really a pleasure to share it. And it's a brilliant, brilliant idea and deliverable that you guys are creating.
2: Cool. I think Excellent. one of the the big topics is the who, not how. That's been quite transformational, hasn't it? And I think it might be worth hearing a bit about that from you, Shannon. I think we have probably touched on it in previous podcasts, but yes, the book. <laughs> Best-selling book, I think it's a good isn't it?
3: Yeah, at this point, it's over 140,000 copies, which is not too shabby in eight months or so, which is really exciting. So I'll just give a little bit of an orientation to who, not how, because one of the biggest challenges for entrepreneurs is often delegating. I mean, Dan said this the other day in a workshop that I was in with, him. he goes, delegating is one of the worst hows that entrepreneurs have to do. (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's one of the biggest chores, the least fun thing to do. But who not how is a fundamentally different concept. And I really need to say where it came from. So it came out of a phenomenal conversation, of which there are many, between Dan Sullivan and Dean Jackson. And Dean Jackson is a just a phenomenal marketer and you know, really insightful, very, very good at simplifying things down. So they were on their Joy of Procrastination podcast. And Dean says something to the effect of, oh, I realize one of the reasons why I procrastinate is that you know I think about taking on something new, this new venture, this new project, this new uh, skill, and I don't know how to do it. So I start to procrastinate. He said, what I'm learning to figure out is actually that I should go and figure out who knows how to do what this activity is and work with them first and have they already know the how. And then that is how Who Not How got born, yeah. which is really, really fun. And it was a number of years ago now. So the concept has really, really developed to the point where we wrote one of our small quarterly books on that that's for our clients. But now, Ben, through the partnership with Ben Hardy, has produced a major market book, which is super fun to have more people understand the transformative idea of Who Not How, and what I find about entrepreneurs, that's kind of fascinating, is that they're incredibly resourceful, and are great at finding whos. There's just, I think, finding really good talent is on most entrepreneurs' radar screens. You know, some yes, there's a few. I'm going to say mad scientists working slaving away over a Bunsen burner somewhere, cooking <laughs> up a new idea. Yeah. But most people, most people are scanning the environment all the time for really talented people. And if you appreciate your own talents, by the way, you can't find talented who's unless you also appreciate your own first. That's a really key skill. And most entrepreneurs know that they're really good at one, maybe two things, not 50, not 60. And so, and the success of growing your business is actually around finding really talented who's. And by the way, this does end up sounding like a Dr. Seuss book at some point. (laughs) Because we like to talk about Whoville and getting who up and you know, all the things, it becomes quite fun. It's, it's a playful way to look at it. But Who Not How is transformational, as you said, Gary. And it really is about, instead of figuring out, trying to figure out the how, which for personally can be very de-energizing outside of those very few activities at which we are, we are the actual Who's for that. And instead looking for, so instead of that de-energizing path How can we find a who? How can we clearly communicate what we're looking for? That's something we should probably talk about. And then, together through that teamwork, you know, your your bigger idea, your the thing that you're asp- aspiring to actually comes true between that collaboration between your idea, your clarity of, of specifying the result, their incredible capabilities, and probably there's more than one, and that actually was what produces the much bigger, better result. So that in essence is what who, not how is all about.
1: It's interesting, actually. You're talking about the you need to figure out what you know, what you're good at first and then You can figure out the who's that you need around you. So essentially what we're saying is there's another coach concept called unique ability. And you need to understand what your unique ability is. And and once you understand what your unique ability is, then you stand a much better chance then of figuring out the who's that you need around you. And, Mm -hmm. and, And actually the who's will be operating in their unique ability. So it all kind of interlinks, doesn't it?
3: It totally does. And this is what we call unique ability teamwork, which is my absolute and total passion. You know, I think I'm I'm always looking for how can people be happier uh, at work, you know, because I think work is actually one of the most incredible ways to learn and to develop yourself as a human being more than anything else, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, the, the marketplace will challenge you and you'll have to grow as a result. And it, it it takes some courage to actually say, no, I'm not good at something. That is not not in general conversations. Okay, I'm like, and, and what the, the fun thing about entrepreneurs is, we tend to be really honest about yeah. to ourselves. We're not faking ourselves out. We're not trying to please some supervisor or manager or higher up. We're like, no, this what you see is what you get with a lot yeah. of us, and so it's refreshing. I can only work with entrepreneurs. I cannot work with anyone else. I have to tell you. I won't even try anymore. And uh, yes, you really. But you have to appreciate. Oh, that there's a few things at which I am uniquely skilled, passionate, capable at. You know, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated, motivated by by pursuing these activities with the right audience. And then I want to. I want to hang out with other people who are also you know, have that same amount of passion and talent, pardon me, and skill and drive as I do. And that makes for an incredible working environment and incredible results. There's so much less friction and drag when you have a unique ability team rather than when you've got people who are, in our unique ability distinctions, you can be unique, excellent, competent, or incompetent. And entrepreneurs will tell you, nope, I'm no good at that, which is I love. But a lot of people are like, well, I can, if I try hard enough, and and they kind of focus on being they're increasing their core competencies. I really don't like that term. Yes, you need to learn how to read and write and do some numbers, but <laughs> other than that, you know, and then excellent is where most people get to in larger companies, but really it's unique ability, which is combine combine superior skill with passion. That's the sweet spot. And the more people we can get there, I think the more productive. Your company is the more profitable your company is because someone doing their unique ability is far more effective, far more productive. They get way more done in in far less time than someone who is merely competent or even excellent at that activity. So, because you're harnessing passion, not just skill, and that that combination is pretty magical.
2: That is Mm -hmm. such a good description of unique ability. I've not quite heard it in that context so succinctly. That combination of passion and skill that that is special. It's easy to say, but when you see it in action, it's it's magical, isn't
3: it? It totally is. And being around someone who is doing their unique ability, yeah. If you think about it, you know what do we do when we're watching sports or entertainment? And sports really is entertainment. We are watching people work, but we are watching people who are incredibly highly skilled and very, very passionate about what what they yes. do, and we are willing to pay large sums of money to watch. Them.
2: Yes. Yes. Right,
3: and that's pretty cool, and and why shouldn't we be that too? You know, we don't put yeah. ourselves in that same echelon, but truthfully, everyone has that capacity too.
2: I think to I think guys, the team guy follows certainly have that. I'm not sure about my team. <laughs> <laughs> Derby <laughs> County are a different
1: class. <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope let's hope England are uh, a different yes. to Derby
2: and a bit more similar to Man City than A. Yes, we've got we've got the Euros on Shannon. You probably don't know what they are, but it's about, it's a football mm-hmm. tournament.
3: Yes, and I and I do know that your football is actually played with feet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why it's called football.
1: I've never understood why American <laughs>
3: It's football. fairly logical. It's... I, know, I know. I'm I'm a little confused by American and Canadian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, just going on what 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 you said before, though, Shannon, the, the, the thing that you always used to amaze me was, you know, when I first started my company and you're, you're a jack-of-all-trades and you're trying to do everything and you don't understand, well, I didn't understand the concept of unique ability, I knew I was better at some things than others. But when you go through something like strategic coach and, the, the you know, a, a, a good coaching program like that, it gets you to focus on these things, and uh, it becomes your mindset. And you know, when I first started my company, I could never, I could never fathom how certain people, people, the big entrepreneurs like you know Richard Branson and Musk, and you know, there's a guy that we're all familiar with on this called Peter Diamandis. How can they run? 20, 30, 50 companies, how can they do that? It's not physically possible, but it absolutely is because what they're doing is operating in their unique ability. And their unique ability, one of them, has to be building uniquely talented teams, which I know it's something that we're going to talk about a bit later, maybe even in part two of this uh, this, this podcast. Mm,
3: putting together unique ability teams is, yes, there's lots to talk about with, <laughs> with that. Yeah, and, and when people really focus on... You know, surrounding themselves with phenomenal who's who are doing their unique ability, it's that's how they can do that. That's how they can pull off what looks like impossibilities, is because they're incredibly narrowly focused on what they are uniquely good at and passionate about. And then they surround themselves with similar people, and then it's it's kind of exponential. It's not incremental progress, it's exponential in terms of what's possible. I think it's worth talking
2: about entrepreneurial attitude as well and about recruiting people uh, with it or without it? And what does that look and feel like?
3: Mm -hmm. So let me tell you a little bit where this came from. So I started in 1995. I started the strategic coach team programs. And I was coaching unique ability and our entrepreneurial time system and other coach concepts to team members of our clients. And the reason I started is because I was excellent, but not unique at sales. I can make a very good living, but I wasn't long-term passionate about it. And I thought, there must be something else here for me. <laughs> I loved <laughs> entrepreneurs, but it was what I was doing wasn't quite it. And so I went back to school, to college, to university, actually, and took a course. And one of them was training in design. And I had this idea that was inspired by my clients because my clients would call me up and say, could you please explain what I'm learning and coach to my team? Because I don't seem to be doing a very good job. And then the team member, one team member called me up. And this was actually the solidifying point. They said, what have you done to my entrepreneur? They're acting differently. I'm like, oh, okay, we maybe we can help. <laughs> so then I came up with this idea for a one-day program for team members. But so then we started to deliver it, but it was sinking in about only this far. <laughs> My hands are like microscopically yes. apart here. And it was like, there's something missing. And then I was talking with some a good friend of mine, a colleague with whom I worked, Ross and Ross Slater and we kind of figured out that they needed to have an entrepreneurial attitude. So some of the people coming into the program had worked for large corporations or had a more corporate mindset, I'm just going to call it that. But there's probably yeah. a better term. Term and then and then other people were we you know amazing and they just grasped it and soaked it in. They were like sponges and they couldn't wait to go and support their entrepreneur. So we identified, you know, 12 different characteristics of really successful team members of our clients and really successful team members of our own. And that's what produced the entrepreneurial attitude. And then eventually we were talking in the program about writing books. So I wrote a book about it. It's <laughs> kind of how that happened. First book was really easy, the second book was really hard. Can I just say what the 12 are just quickly? They're, yes. they're, no, they're I think sure that'd be really useful. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's it's and these are mindsets, these are habits, these are strategies, these are practices. There's lots of ways, different ways to think about them. But when a, te- a successful team member in an entrepreneurial company, we found demonstrates to a greater degree, not a lesser degree, a greater degree of these 12 things. So they really focus on creating value. They take initiative. Their focus is on results, not just time and effort. They have an ownership attitude, especially over what they're doing. I, I take ownership of coach, even though I'm not an owner. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I'm like, it's my company too. Being in alignment with the goals and ambitions of the company, as well as the core values is absolutely essential. It could be number one, be a partner, take action, be open, communicate, 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 learn how to handle strong emotions because frankly, they are a normal part of entrepreneurial life, both the good and the bad. So you have to be prepared to handle that. 11 is have patience and compassion And 12 is about being resilient. Don't give up. So people who really thrive and win in entrepreneurial companies, we found, have these 12 attitudes. Do you measure those at interview? You just discovered one of my favorite tricks. (laughs) (laughs) We do. Now, it's interesting because it is sort of a self-reporting and the entrepreneurial attitude exercise, which you know, was the basis for this book is available as a download if anyone wants to try it at your Totally free. And so what what I do is I print it out. So what I normally ask people to do if I'm coaching it is like okay, identify the two you do best. So score on one to five, one's never five is always hopefully no one in my room is one. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. That would be bad. Yeah. But you know, and then circle the two you do best and the one you most want to improve, but that may not be your lowest score. You know, you might, it might be better to move a three to a four than a two to a three, just for whatever yeah. reason. Now in an interview situation, I do slide it across the table. Am I expecting in an interview situation that someone's going to score themselves low on something? That's asking for a lot of transparency very early in, in our dating relationship, yes. <laughs> if you think of it that way. But yeah. I do say, here's what our most successful team members exhibit in terms of thinking and behavior and if that's what we kind of want and expect from you. So if you think you can deliver on these, this is the right company for you. And if you don't, then we're probably not, you know, and that is very clarifying for people. So I don't necessarily ask them to score themselves in front of me or in front of our team, but there are some people who don't come back after that.
2: (laughs) I think that's a really good strategy. You know, developing Forest Holidays, I didn't know those 12, but I could probably in my head get to six that display yeah. corporate attitudes rather than entrepreneurial attitudes. And we had to manage them out of the company quickly. Yeah. Because it was a high performing situation. And that's another key factor about managing people out quickly. Cause mm-hmm. if you've got high performing team members, they notice.
3: If you keep low performers on with oh. high performers, high performers oh. are like, your standards are yeah, you know, uncomplimentary word. And yeah. then and then it's like if you tolerate that. that's not the team I want to play on.
2: Yeah, exactly.
3: Exactly.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, it's a really, uh, I think that's really fascinating. and That's got to be helpful to entrepreneurs to really clarify. I love the way you do that subtly as well. No pressure, but self-selection.
3: Yeah. Well, people hopefully will be honest with themselves, even if they're not feeling totally forthcoming in an interview situation. And the worst thing in the world for anyone is to end up in the wrong place. That's not fun. And so the more they, you can help them, and it's not that they're bad people, that just in an entrepreneurial environment, which mm-hmm. is a high performance environment, it demands more of people. And yes. if they're not suited for it, let's make sure we don't cause pain. You know, that's not why we're here. That's not why we're in business. Um, otherwise, the, you uh, get into, otherwise you get into a multiplication by subtraction situation, which is the, but managing them out is a very nice way to put that too, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've had to do it too many times. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a great process. That is really powerful. Do you think so, Guy? Yeah, I mean, while, while everyone was talking
1: there, I've actually, just to prove that men can do two things at once, by the way, I downloaded the Right Fit Team Members Mindset and Behaviour Scorecard, uh, which was which was on the, the URL that you mentioned earlier, Shannon, the yourteamsuccess.com. And I think that would be really useful for articulating exactly what you're looking for in a right fit team member and scoring them and it gives you it gives you the ability to benchmark some it gives you the ability to benchmark and score behaviors which actually if you didn't have a scorecard would be just a gut feel whereas this is far more accurate yes. and then you can start doing clever things like comparing certain you know someone with somebody else by because you've got this benchmark you've got this way of scoring them so really useful tool i think that so i, I absolutely can see why uh, that kind of thinking uh, is, is really useful for, for, for building the right team. You know, we've we both, Gary, we, we've had these conversations in the past, both on uh, the podcast and privately, because actually our podcasts are very similar to our private conversations, aren't they? We're always chewing the fat and yeah. discussing situations and the examples we give on the podcast are real-life situations. And so we've both had situations where, you know, we're, we, we've either hired the wrong person uh, and made a mistake, which happens, you know, you need to you need to change that quickly, and uh, you know the the, the multiplication by subtraction—that's the word I'm looking for—is is you know uh, fundamental to that kind of thinking. So, uh, yeah,
2: real world stuff. I think it's also the uh, it's a two way process, and a lot of people forget that. That actually, when it goes wrong, it's probably half my fault or the company's fault, as it is the employee's fault. It's normally both. And I love the way that you describe and these are the behaviors of my team, because that actually puts a little bit more responsibility on them to make the right call. I'm not just coming in for the money or whatever it is. I can actually, you know, they're demonstrable values that I need to, or behaviors I need to follow. Sorry, George, are you saying?
0: It's all good, Gary. I, I'll tell you what: because the conversation is flowing, and the quality of the information being shared here is is, is rich to say the least. I think I heard a little uh, a little part two snuck in there, Guy, earlier yeah. on. I'm not sure this was on the plan. So, am I right in thinking there's more to come on the, on the who, not how, building a team? I absolutely think
1: there is. You know, we we actually started this. The, the story behind it is we we started this with just a one person podcast because anyone who listens to these podcasts uh, sorry one podcast for for our guests but um anyone who listens to our podcast then you know you know we we have a guest and then we do our own and then we have a guest and we do our own but you know when we saw what shannon really wanted to talk about we knew we were never going to fit it into one podcast it's so much good stuff so there is a, a second part to this and we will continue the conversation further and we'll be discussing a bit more detail about multiplication by subtraction and, and and just making sure you've got the right seats on the, on the bus and probably touching on Colby and Clifton's strengths, I think, as well. You know, one thing that we you, you alluded to, you kind of mentioned before, Shannon, uh, that we probably need to um, go into a bit more detail on is a little bit about the procrastination and, and, and how, you know, you can think about that and uh, use that to your advantage as opposed to it getting in your way.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, those are great topics. I can't wait for part two. Part one has been a blast. Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thanks, everyone. Uh,
3: see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.